If you want to go with the flow, live in the moment, wind in your hair kind of life, you need a forward thinking, prepared for anything kind of plan. Like the Audi Freeway Plan Extension. It extends your Audi's maintenance plan by an extra two years or up to 200,000 kilometers. And with free roadside assistance, living in the moment has never gone more according to plan. Visit your nearest Audi dealer today. T's and C's apply. Audi, Vorsprung durch Technik. Coming up on today's Be Financially Smart with FNB. How can we help you? And a very good afternoon to you, Aki Anastasiu for Azania. And uh, we are talking about being financially smart with FNB. And uh, is your body too ready to retire, but your bank account isn't? You know, we're living in tough times, right? And uh, how much time do you have left before your monthly income stops? Will your children have to support you your financially over the, your through your golden years? And we're going to be talking about retiring. And today we're speaking to Esther Ush, and she is from FNB, Be Financially Smart. Uh, this topic of retirement is a very, very important one, Esther. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? All right, thanks. And you, Aki, and thank, hello, listeners. Always excited to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, uh, you know, I'm not that I'm approaching retirement age. I've still got at least another 30 years left That's inside it. me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind my gray hair. But it's it's a big one for everyone, hey? Um, and and why why is investing in your retirement so important firstly you know this is something that i'm so passionate about because the earlier that you start investing for retirement it's so so important mm. now i'm going to scare you with a few statistics first yeah as we're standing today yes. only seven percent of south africans can afford to retire comfortably what is comfortably maintain their standard of living as, as you're living right as now. you're living right now only seven percent wow that's scary now here's something else and this is what really started when i started out think about this you start working at the age of 25, mm. you retire at the age of 65, and you live to the age of 95. You have 480 paychecks to keep yourself alive for 360 paychecks. Just repeat that again. You have 480 paychecks to keep yourself alive for 360 paychecks. That's assuming you're going to live to 95, right? It is, but longevity is becoming such an issue. Well, it's not an issue. It's actually wonderful. But, you know, a couple of years ago, it was absolutely unheard of to hear someone that's living to the age of 80. Now, these days, 100, 120, and they're actually saying the first person to live to 150 has been born already. So it's something that needs to be taken into account very seriously. So now we're talking about retiring at 65, right? That's correct. Okay, so you can retire at 55 if you want to, but it's it's not a good thing. Well, only if you've got the funds to do that. A lot of people think that retiring early is great, but you really need to do a lot of calculations and look at all the other factors that's involved. So, for instance, we can very much be regarded as a sandwich generation, which means that we're potentially putting kids through university, putting kids through school, but also looking after parents and looking after siblings that didn't make provision for mm-hmm. retirement. So there's quite a lot of pressure on the, on the retiree at the moment. So when we take things into account, like retirement, right, um, we don't know what the cost of inflation is going to be when we're 85 years old, for example. So who does all the calculations and who tells me how much I need to save that I'm comfortable when I retire? So, you know, that's a very good question. So we tend to work in today's terms. So how much would you need in today's terms in order to retire comfortably? Then there's a whole massive calculation that gets done in the background and spits out a long telephone number. But there's a few things that you need to be careful of to take into retirement. Yes. The first thing is debt. 
taking debt into retirement is very, very concerning. Now, I'm not talking necessarily house debt. I'm talking about lots of little short-term debt. And ultimately, you don't necessarily even want to take car debt or house debt into retirement. Right. Very importantly, in retirement, there's going to be certain lifestyle changes that is going to happen. So you're going to want to go out a little bit more. You want to pay a bit more golf. You want to see your friends for coffee, so on and so forth. That's going to cost money. Yes. You need to take that into account. Okay. And then the big one that I, I cannot stress enough is medical expenses in retirement. It's probably one of the biggest threats to a person's retirement planning. One third of your medical expenses of your entire lifetime is spent in the last five years of your life. Sorry, just come again. <laughs> One, One third, third of the medical expenses of your entire lifetime is spent in the last five years of your life. Wow. So what's the thinking out of that? You need to ensure that you have some sort of medical aid or medical fund that can take you into retirement comfortably so that if there is an accident, if there is something that happens and you do need to go to a doctor, that you can afford that medical care. But I think that's the, the it's kind of the biggest thing. Eh? Is medical is the one thing that everybody fears the most. And you don't take into account because if you look at the rate that medical aids are increasing year on year, the increases are higher than inflation. That's correct. So medical inflation is normally running between nine and nine and a half percent. But it's very important when a retiree or someone's planning to retire that they set up their budget properly and they look at their negotiable, their non-negotiables. And one of the non-negotiables is the best medical aid plan that they can afford. All right. We are talking retirement. Uh, we are talking about saving for the future, not just now that you might have been retired. In fact, you might be a retiree um, and some of the pitfalls that you picked up and the regrets that you have. We'd love to hear from you on double eight three zero seven. Two, uh, let us know the mistakes that you made that you would love to reverse. And if you're a young person listening right now and you might have a question that you want to ask uh, Esther about retiring, how much money you need to put aside, what the things you should be doing, where you should be putting your money, how you should be putting your money aside, we'd love to hear from you. And if you've successfully retired, and I'm not talking about you winning the lotto because <laughs> that is a successful retirement, but um, we, we, we're talking about this, this this afternoon, so give us a call and let us know uh, where you are and uh, are you living with your kids? Did it all go horribly wrong for you, for example? Or did you do the right things and you're now traveling and you're enjoying your your golden year, should we say? But you might be in your 30s as well as, as I was, realizing, hey, hang on a second. Um, I haven't started and I should have started doing this a decade ago. Can I still catch up to that point? So the first question I have for you, Esther, is, at what age should you start and how much should you start putting aside? Those are two great questions. Now, I'm going to talk about what some of the common mistakes are when it comes to retirement planning. There's a couple that really shout out. The first one is procrastination, leaving yes. it too late. So, yes. you know, you're 25, you, all that you're thinking about is going out, parting in the new car. That's the second one is the instant gratification is I want it now. I promise you, you're not going to be able to live in that car in retirement. You're not going to be able to live in the handbag in retirement. Mm. So those are two of the big ones. And then taking debt into retirement is another thing as well. So when do you start saving for retirement? The earlier, the better. It's not a sexy topic to think about when you're 23 years old. But the effect of compound interest on your retirement savings, even if you're starting with 300 rand a month or 500 rand a month, the compound effect on that is phenomenal. Then the next question you ask is, how much do you need to save for retirement? Now, F&B's rule of thumb here is 15 times your annual salary for retirement. 
15 times your annual salary for retirement. Okay, so how do you work it out? Just go through that. Your annual salary as you have at the moment, okay. depending on if you've been working for 40 years, you should have 15 times your annual salary. Okay. The reason why I say that is a rule of thumb, it depends on your individual goals. So again, retirement is a lifestyle discussion. What do you want to do in retirement? So someone that wants to go overseas three times a year is obviously going to have to save a lot more than that 15 mm. times, whereas someone that just wants a little, little house somewhere and fish and you know, drink cold drink is going to have to maybe save a little bit less. So that's why it's an important discussion to have with yourself and your partner. Is what are your goals in retirement? What do you need to achieve those goals? And then start putting a plan so in place. So 15 times your annual salary is, is, is the benchmark. And does that, that obviously takes into account the fact that when you do retire, you don't owe any money on your bond. You don't have any money owing on your car. Your credit card's all clean. So you're retiring with zero. zero and you've got that 15 uh, times 15 multiple to look forward to. Does that take into account inflation? That would take into account so, inflation. So that 15 times your annual salary, would that be at your last working month? The last working month. So if okay. you have an annual salary of, say, 300,000 in your last month, you need 15 times that. And suddenly my maths has given in on me. Okay, well, uh, 15, I think it's... 1.5 million. 4.5 million. Four po- uh, uh, okay. 300,000 annually, yeah. 4.5 million that you'll need that you can invest to draw an income off. Okay. All right. Okay. Now I'm, I'm getting it. The numbers are, I'm crunching the numbers in my brain. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, and this is the, this is the realization that I made a few years ago is that, and I think we're all in the same situation, that uh, your current job that you do doesn't necessarily provide enough that you take out of your RA, that you get your deduction every single month and you go to your boss and say, oh, you know what, you're deducting so much money from you and I've got nothing left at the end of the month. And you need to think, hey, this is my future. But it's also important to think, hey, I need a top-up as well. How important are top-ups and can you do a top-up? Absolutely. Now, that is a fantastic question. So your pension fund or provident fund that you're contributing to at work normally is between 5 and 27.5% depending on how the fund is structured. Now, even with that, the chances are that that's not sufficient for retirement Mm. and leave it absolutely leave it let it grow but then do an external you can look at a retirement annuity externally that will fund that retirement gap so what's a retirement gap it is you want 30,000 rand a month in today's terms to retire comfortably on but your pension funds only tracking to give you 20,000 rand a month that 10,000 rand shortfall can be done via means of a retirement annuity through an external service provider, okay. not only your pension fund. There's something I want to mention, and this is specifically with, with the younger generation. When they change employers, don't cash in your pension fund and go and buy a car with it. Rather say that, put that into a preservation fund. Make sure that the asset allocation is appropriate. I did that once. It's so, so stupid. What, to buy the car? Or, or say no, you know? I bought the car. I bought the car. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just like... I cashed in my pension fund, got heavily taxed, and then I bought a car like an idiot. Well, everyone goes through that. I mean, when I finished practicing, I did the same thing. But you need to save that because what's going to happen again, you're going to have that effect of compound interest. You're going to have that effect of compound growth. So uh, the one study that I've looked at is the guy, if he left his pension fund throughout his entire years, would be worth uh, 3 million rand. If he cashed in at the age of 32, it would be worth 2.8 million rand. Cashed in the age of 43, it would be worth 900,000 mm, rand. Mm. Now, that's a significant difference. Yes, yes. So when you change employers, take that money, put it into a preservation fund so that it can grow. Okay. So this is a great question that uh, Twaki from Gartsfontein has got. Hello, Twaki. Hello, uh, Adi. Yes, um, so, man, I've got... Uh, this is a good question you've got, man. I mean, one I struggle with every day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, I've got a lot of debt. 
my son is almost two years old. I'm just going to summarize everything. Um, but I want to, when I, when I started, when I started, um, uh, when I finished my trick, I didn't have nothing. Um, I don't want him to be in the same boat. But I also want to provide for him when he finishes my trick or um, at the age of 18, if he doesn't, um, you know, if he, if he passes all his classes. Um, but also, um, I want to save in the meantime for myself as well, because I'm at an age when he's matric. I'm almost, say, 62, and then I'm going to see him through varsity um, as well. But I've got debt of my own. Do I sort out my debt first and then save up for him, or what do I do? How old are you now? Um, 42. 42. Your son's two years old. Um, okay, it's a, it's a good question, Twaki. I'm going to ask Esther that. So, Twaki is 42. Yeah. You, you know, you've got a lot of debt. Is the notion of saying, I need to pay my debt off first before I start putting money aside for my retirement more important? So, that is a very good question. Good afternoon, Twaki. Um, just in terms of that, what I would look is I'd look at the interest rates that you're paying on your debt at the moment. So, if you're paying 20, 30, 40% off on your de- interest rates on your debt, you want to get rid of that type of debt. That is, it's, it's destructive debt. You want to pay that do- debt off as quickly as possible because you're not necessarily dependent on which retirement product you're going to go into or which investment vehicle you're going to go into. You're not going to get that type of growth. So pay off your high interest rate items first. Make a list of them. As, so you owe ABC 10,000 Rand at 20% interest. You know, XYZ 10,000 Rand at 9% interest. Pay off the 27% one, the high interest rate ones first. And once you've paid all those high interest rate ones off, and the only debt that you're looking at is house debt and car debt, then you can start looking at structuring and start saving for retirement. All right, Twaki, I hope that answers your call. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are many people that are in that same situation because, let's face it, life is tough, you know, and every cent counts. And when you're telling us to save uh, 15, what is it, 15% of your salary? Yes, 15% of your salary is the guideline. <laughs> yeah, so you so to take 15% of your salary and put it in a retirement fund. Mm-hmm. Is that, by the way, uh, compulsory? No. So, Not at all. So I can go to my company and say, please, I don't want to go into the retirement annuity. I don't want you to deduct anything. Depends on the company rules, but yes. normally you've got a variable amount that you can put in, normally between 5 and 27%, but it depends on the individual company rules. Okay, now the other question I have is, and many have the same question, is that all this money that I'm putting aside every single day, every single month that's going into an account, who is looking after my, that, that money? It obviously goes into a big fund, right? But when you hear of stories like the Steinhoff saga and you look at, uh, you know, you hear PIC in the news and you hear this mm. and, and you hear world markets crashing and that sort of thing, how do I know my money is safe and that it's going to be okay? Because if they make a mess of it, and they lose your yeah. money, then it's not their problem, right? Yeah, so uh, that is a very valid concern, but it's also not a an overwhelming concern for the majority of the population. So the Steinhoffs and those type of things are very much outlining things. Most companies' pension funds are backed by large corporates, and I wouldn't be particularly worried about that. Really? Yeah. What do they do with my money every month? Where does it go? So Where, how do they reinvest it? It depends entirely on which asset manager they're with, and then they reinvest it into certain sort of unit or similar to unit trust portfolios, dependent on either what your fund allocation is in your pension fund, mm-hmm. or alternatively, when you get to a certain age, some of them t- change you over into what they call a lifestyle stages, okay. which starts reducing your asset uh, exposure to your growth assets. Because you, you, you can decide, right, um, how aggressive you want your money in that retirement fund. Because this is a conversation I had with my broker the other day, my financial advisor, and she said to me, well, how aggressive do you want to get? You're at a certain age. You don't want to take too many risks. 
you should go into this fund or you can go into that fund. Uh, if you're younger, she says, you can go into riskier investments. Not that they, when they say risky, that you're going to lose your money, but there's a, a, a higher risk, a greater return, right? Yeah. So risk and return, standard rule of investments. However, the biggest risk to a person's investment over the long term is inflation, not volatility. So if you're sitting with a 20-year horizon, you're actually doing yourself a disservice to take your pension fund money and putting it into a money market fund. What you want to do there is you want to have appropriately diversified portfolio that has assets exposure to things like shares and property. The closer that you get to retirement, depending on what your plans are, you might want to leverage out of some of those risky assets or high volatile growth assets into something slightly more stable. But you most definitely don't ever want to lose a hundred percent exposure to those sort of growth okay, assets. Got it. Makes perfect sense. And Matthew's in four ways. He has a question for you. Hello, Matthew. Hi there, Aki. How are you doing? Good, good, thank you. Good, thanks. You know, I just wanted to get a little bit more advice, etc. You know, I'm still very young, twenty four years old, but trying to take my finance and future very seriously. But over and above my company retirement fund, I just wanna, you know, ask should I be investing in say an ETF? Or another fund, or should I be opening uh, another additional? Like um, an RA, for example. Exactly. Matthew, great, and I'm oh, so oh, glad. Okay, what's an RA and what's an ETF? Um, ETF is exchange traded fund, so that would be like a basically you buy the indices at a very low cost, but you buy the full index. So, so it's like a Satrix top like forty. A, it's like a Satrix top forty. That's an exchange traded fund. Then a retirement annuity is your normal retirement annuity that you don't have access to the funds at the age of fifty five. But then we got this new little guy on the block called the tax free savings account, which is also quite a nice one. So Matthew, in your interest, in your in your case, and thank you for taking your financial future so seriously. You are young, so what I would suggest that you do is have a discussion about what you want to do in retirement and how you're going to get there. Then the first step that you do is start building up an emergency fund, normal money market emergency fund. So we all know that emergencies happen. If you need to take, you know, you bump the car or you need to change the tires on the car, you've got access to that type of fund and you don't need to go into debt to get to that money. So do the emergency fund. Then the next thing you can maybe consider doing is taking out both a tax-free, depending on how much funds you have available, is take out a tax-free savings account. You can contribute 33,000 rand a year or 500,000 rand in your lifetime to that. And again, what's the growth on that will be 100% tax-free over that period. So if that 500,000 that you allocate to it will be 100% tax-free, the growth of it, which is quite a nice way to supplement your retirement planning in a in a nice way without paying too much tax. Then once you've done that and you've used that up, then I would suggest doing a retirement fund, which obviously you can contribute up to 27.5% of your taxable income and then up to 350,000 rand a year. So a little bit of a bucket approach. I know it doesn't sound too concentrated, but a bucket approach. Short-term bucket emergencies, medium-term bucket tax-free savings, maybe even a bit of a unit trust portfolio in there for a goal that you have in five years' time, maybe buying a house, going overseas, and then your long-term bucket being your retirement annuity. All right. Thank you very much for the question. Hello, Andrew in Bedford View. Andrew? Andrew, are you there? Let's see if Andrew is there. Hello, Andrew. All right, we seem to have lost Andrew. Andrew wants to know... Um, yeah, it's, he hasn't got the question there. Let me see if he's there now. Hello, Andrew? No, he's not there. All right. He seems to have disappeared. I didn't quite get his question on the screen. Um, there's another one that's come up on the WhatsApp line. Um, and the question is, I purchased government bonds last year. Is that why? Is that wise, says Bongiwe? Bongiwe is 27. 
Oh, Mungiwe, hello. Um, yes, well, I'm first of all very impressed that you're starting to take investing very seriously. Now, government bonds is probably one of your safe investments that's available on the market. But if you're saving for retirement, Mungiwe, I would seriously suggest that you chat to someone in terms of getting some exposure in a, maybe in a unit trust portfolio so that you can start getting those growth type assets. Because as I mentioned to you earlier, inflation is the biggest risk. Government bonds normally go in terms of growth just above inflation, uh, just above inflation. So you're not really going to be outperforming inflation over the long term. Then you've got shares and property that come in there. So the younger you are, the more exposure you want to have to things like shares and property. How do you get exposure to that? The first and best way that you can do it is via means of a unit trust portfolio. You can do it via means of a tax-free savings account. You can do it via means of a retirement annuity that the underlying Investment that you go into would be your balance type funds or one of those type things that's got the proper exposure for your goal and your time horizon away from retirement. It's uh, seven minutes to three o'clock. We've got a few more minutes to take your calls. We're talking about being financially smart. And in the studio this afternoon is e- uh, Esther Ush, who is talking to us about investing for retirement uh, together with FNB. Um, and interesting, Esther, we took this uh, survey on Twitter and we asked the question, uh, you know, if you are going to be investing for retirement, um, we did a little survey and asked, are you investing? What, you know, what, what is your current status? 13% yes, I'll retire good based on my current investments. 33% yes, they are investing, but not enough. Mm. And 54% of people say, no, I haven't even started yet. Absolutely. And I'm actually not surprised with those stats. I'm very impressed with the 13%. The guys that said um, they're not there yet, I mean, I did a calculation for myself in the middle of last year and had a little bit of a heart attack when I did my own. So, you know, it's always a good thing to do an investment plan and stick to it on an annual yes. basis. Do the review on an annual basis. Make sure that you're tracking to your goals. As for the ones that haven't, I think that they've unfortunately hit into that step of procrastination. Mm. I'm going to be 20, Dangerous. I'm going to be 25 forever or instant gratification. I want the fancy car and the handbag now. Uh, Emmanuel is there, and uh, it's a good question. How do you decide on who you choose to do your investments? Uh, Emmanuel, hi. Yeah, uh, yes, I wanted to know, I'm 31 years old, and I've been researching about ETF. So I wanted to know which is the proper broker or bank to start with uh, and what's the comfortable amount I can start with to invest. So thank you, Emmanuel. That's a good question. The first thing that I would do is I would go, go with a financial advisor or financial planner or broker that's attached to a reputable organization, someone like one of the big banks, specifically maybe even F&B, that you can do that you know that what they're going to give you is going to have longevity. So that's the first thing is go for a reputable. Getting advice from your friend at the bri about financial ad- advice and retirement is maybe not a, a savvy thing to do. So get proper advice from someone that's accredited. Then the next thing is how much. That is a lifestyle discussion. So the discussion that you need to have with that financial advisor is, dear Mr. Financial Advisor, I want to retire in 30 years time with 60,000 rand or 50,000 rand or however much thousand rand in today's terms. How much do I need to save? Now, if it is a telephone number, and you don't think that it's achievable, don't have a heart attack, but at least start with what you can afford. Now, what can you afford? Again, going back to what I said earlier about budgeting, everything to do with financial wellness and saving and retiring comes down to one thing, and that's budgeting, the negotiable and the non-negotiable sides of your budget. The negotiable sides of the budget are those nice things to have. It's going out, it's handbags, all of that. That's the negotiable side of the budget. 
the non-negotiable side of the budget are the things that you have to pay every month. It is your bond, it's your rent, it's your insurance. And very importantly, savings and investment is actually a non-negotiable item on your budget. You need to save for yourself and pay yourself and your future before you go and have fun. Esther, what happens um, when you, you know, you've retired and you've saved all this money for all of this time and God forbid something happens to you and you die, say, three, four years into your retirement. What happens to all that money? It depends on which product you're in or yeah. which solution. Let me rather use the word solution. It depends on which solution you're in. So you've got two post-retirement solutions. Now, this is specifically with your compulsory money. You get a living annuity and a life annuity. Mm. Let's talk about a life annuity first. Advantage of a life annuity, and I'm talking in general terms now, the advantage of a life annuity is it provides you an income for your entire life. Yes. So if you become 80 or you turn 85, you become 105, it guarantees you an income for your life. Right. The downside is if you pass away outside what they call the guarantee period, none of that money goes through to your beneficiaries. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. The so, other option. So you lose it. You lose it. The okay. other option is a, a living annuity. So a living annuity is you can draw between 2.5% and 17.5% of your capital as an income. And if you pass away and there's still capital remaining, that does go through to your beneficiaries. Okay. There's one very big problem with a living annuity is you can potentially run out of money if your drawdown is too high. So it's a very important decision that you need to make with your financial advisor as to which one to go into. Sure. It's a tough one, eh? It is uh, a tough one. I mean, obviously, you've got to take into consideration your health and all of these things. And and also the drawdown rate in the living annuity. So your living annuity is normally a unit trust type portfolio um, or a share portfolio or something underneath that. If you're going to start drawing down 12 or 15% of that, the chances are you're going to run out of money very quickly. So if you're going to draw 25 3 or 4%, maybe it's going to last a little bit longer. So a very important decision and discussion to have with a financial advisor. Esther Ush, uh, Ush from F&B talking to us about being financially smart, talking about retirement. Don't leave it. Go and talk to your banker today. Talk to uh, your, your, your financial advisor and say, uh, you know, get a snapshot of your finances. Do not delay with these kind of things. Do not no. mess around with these kind of things. It is very important, especially in the world that we're living in today, where we are all expected to live a lot longer than we're living at the moment. Esther, it's lovely talking to you. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Fantastic. Are we going to be doing the competition? Yes. Well, yeah, we've got the competition as well. Tell us about the competition. So it's basically how would you like to stand a chance of winning 5,000 Rand? To enter the competition, yes. you must Let's yes. do this. 5,000 bucks, guys. To enter the competition, you must be 18 years or older, a South African citizen, and you do not need to be an F&B client. To qualify for the 5,000 Rand monthly draw, tune in every week and answer the questions correctly. Then dial star 120 star 387 hash and follow the prompts. We yes. will then announce the winner on the first week of every month. So today's question is... Longevity is a major risk. Longevity is a major risk facing your retirement planning. True or false?